Hi! Welcome back to Wildflower Women. My name is Megan Prince-Will and I am so very honored to have you along this journey with me uh, today, wherever you are, um, whatever part of your week you have tuned in. I am thankful for you. Uh, if you have not uh, listened to this podcast before, if this is your first time listening, we are in the middle of a series on 1 Corinthians 13, and so we are actually on week four of this study, and we are talking today about love is not easily angered, and I'm actually recording this on a Saturday morning. I normally do this on Wednesday night. That's just the week, the night of the week that works for me. Uh, but I don't know if you ever have, like, sometimes I, I sometimes I, maybe it's just me. I have weeks that I get to Saturday and I'm like, oh, wow, that week went by really fast. What did I, what, man, that, I got to the weekend so quickly. That was great. And then I have other weeks that i feel like I lived every single second of the week and it just drug on and I feel like I've had the the last couple of weeks have been like that just super busy and uh with work and and just not really having a a moment to breathe and to rest and so this week I just I just felt like I didn't have the energy required to give this, uh, give this my all, give this episode my all. And so it's like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till Saturday morning, wake up, sleep in, get up, feel, feel a little bit more refreshed and jump into it. And so that is why I'm here right now on a Saturday morning in my PJs, um, so here we are, and like I said, if you haven't if you haven't listened to the previous episodes in this uh, in this season of First Corinthians thirteen, uh, go back and listen to those. But we are going to jump in today with love is not easily angered. And as we're going through these, if you've listened to before, you know we're talking about um, obviously what love is and is not in in respect to us and others, the way that we display love uh, to others, as well as the way that we react to God and the way that God shows his love to us. And so we're breaking it down into those three three views there. Um, so for love is not easily angered. Love does not get angry easy. Love love is not hot tempered. Um, that it seems kind of self explanatory. Like obviously, if you love somebody, you're not mad at them. But I feel like we we actually probably get more angry. You, it seems like that would be the easiest thing to do to not get angry at the people that we love. But a lot of times, I think more so as women, it's, it's easier to get angry um, at the people that we love. Uh, 
Uh, and we are, we're definitely more hurt by the people that we love. Uh, we take so much more to heart um, if it's coming from somebody that we love or somebody that is close to us, our family, our friends. Um, and so I feel like as, as, as much as it sounds like it should be just a, a, a non thing, like we shouldn't even really have to worry about this. We're obviously, we're not going to get angry at people. Um, we're Christians. Duh. You don't get mad at people, but we do. And so, um, I want to break down some verses here about love. I mean, and about anger. Um, in Proverbs fourteen twenty nine, it says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7, 9, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Um, James 1, 2, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And all through the Bible, it talks about um, not being angry. In Ephesians and in Colossians, it talks about not being angry with others, not uh, being quick to lose your temper, you know, showing, being patient and kind and not not giving in to that anger. Uh, And I know you've probably heard uh, the verse of in Ephesians 4, uh, 26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And then in Psalm thirty four fourteen, it says to seek peace and to pursue it. And so, I want to talk a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper on Ephesians four twenty six. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath. I think you know this. It First Corinthians thirteen says it doesn't say that love does not get angry. Um, it says that love is not easily angered. Uh, that means that there's a little bit more patience there. And as uh, the very first thing that love is listed as in 1 Corinthians 13 is that love is patient. Um, so love is, love is patient with things that uh, could cause anger. And so I just want you to think about just for a second, what do you do when you're angry? What is your, um, your expression of anger? How do you express anger? I will tell you that I, I'm, I ha- I'm, I'm not a really an, an angry person. I, I feel like I am slow to get angry, but when I do get angry, I, I feel like I, I, it's like a, I just clench my fist and I just like squeeze really hard and I, I feel like I turn like 12 shades of red and I, oh, I do that. I, I do that when I'm angry. Um, that just that expression, um, you know, when somebody cuts me off, like I, I've said before, you know, I, I try to be, I try to be kind and I try to be forgiving and um, I try to, put myself in other people's shoes in all situations. I, I try to. I don't always succeed because I am human. But if somebody cuts me off, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes and say, you know, how many times have I cut somebody off or almost 
gone into somebody's lane because they were in my blind spot. So I just, you know, okay, maybe I was in their blind spot. Maybe they didn't see me. Um, or maybe they're late for work and it's their first day on the job and they don't want to get fired. Okay. You know, just, I'll just forgive them. But there are those times when I wake up and I'm running late and the every single thing in the morning, you know, I, I drop my toothbrush on the floor with the toothpaste all over it or down my shirt or I try and put on my mascara and I can't hold on to the wand and get mascara all over my face, which slows me down even more and I'm already late and then I get in the car and I'm going to run out of gas so I have to stop at the gas station and the gas pump is going so slow and I only get $2 worth of gas because I can't stand there anymore which means I'm going to have to get back out at some point and get gas. And then the person is on the interstate and they're going super slow in the fast lane and they're riding right along beside the big 18 wheeler who is also going super slow. And then the car on the far right lane is just putt putting along or going speeding up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing down and you have that moment where you think you're going to pass but no you can't because they're slowing down now. Or the person gets in front of you, they you pass them and you get over and they immediately get out from behind you, speed up really, really fast and then get in front of you and slow down. And so you just play this cycle game of who can be in the front. And everything about the day is frustrating. And there are moments when I just, I want to scream. Um, so I don't know, I don't know how you express your anger. Um, maybe you... Maybe you just say things that are hurtful. Uh, maybe you have a spouse or a friend and you, you say things that just hurt. You say things in your anger. When you're mad, you, you, you bring up all the things of the past and you say, yeah, well, you know what? You always do this. And, or, or maybe you throw things. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you have holes in the wall where you punched a hole. I hope not, but everybody, you know, we all have our, 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 um, things that we got to work through, but whatever it is, whatever your thing is, however you express that anger, I've always kind of wondered, be angry and do not sin. So the Bible tells us that we can be angry and we'll talk about it in a second. You know, God was angry. God, God has anger. God's wrath is stirred up at times. And so how do we be angry and sin not? How do we do that? How, because I think because I only have ever thought about anger as the expression of anger. Like, you know, I, it's not necessarily because we so, we're so quick to express our anger when we feel it that and, and maybe for you your expression of your anger is to bottle it up um, to suck it in and to just go silent or uh, you know get off by yourself and not talk to somebody for a while give them the silent treatment but whatever that is it, it's almost like we've that is that's what we think of, or at least for me, that's what I think of when I think of what is anger. For me, it's the, Ugh! 
But for somebody else, it may be, you know, going silent or whatever. So, but the thing is, I, I think that that is not actually anger. That's just our expression of the emotion. Um, kind of the way that smiling is the expression of happiness or joy and that tears may be the expression of sadness or tears could even be the expression of joy. Um, but so our reaction, those things that those ways that we express are not actually anger. The anger is the emotion that there has been an injustice and we're, 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 we're supposed to feel, um, that, that unsettled, this is wrong when something is wrong. Um, so that anger is not that the anger itself, that emotion. I mean, clearly it is an emotion that God gave us, um, because we are, we were made in the image of God. And if God can get angry, then we should have the, that ability to have that emotion, to be angry when there is injustice, uh, to be angry when, you know, we're hurt or to be angry when someone else has been hurt, you know, those type of things. So that anger is, is not bad. But what I feel like when it says be angry and do not sin is what we do what it, with that expression of that anger. Um, when I feel I've been wronged, my expression of that anger and because for me, at least, I, I so have for so long equated my expression with being the definition of anger. That my the way that I express it is the anger, but it's not. And I felt like in reading these verses, um, whenever I read, you know, be angry and do not sin, uh, and then I read Psalm thirty four fourteen. It says to seek peace and to pursue it. And so I thought about that in our expression of anger. And when you think about what you do when you're angry, when you think about your expression of the emotion of anger, does it glorify God? Is it peace seeking? Um, when I, when I get angry at someone, do I speak love to them? When someone cuts me off and traffic is backed up because that one person just will not drive correctly, you know, do I hit my steering wheel? Do I yell at them? Even though they can't hear me, that expression of that anger is not love. That is not, it's not glorifying God. So finding, finding a way to be saying, be angry and to not sin, let your expression of anger, when you are mad, you are right to be mad. If there's injustice, you have a right to be angry. That is an emotion that God put in us because anger moves us to do something, but allowing God to show us what am I supposed to do? Because oftentimes our expression of anger, I feel like it can inhibit what God wanted to do with that anger. That, that 
injustice that we witnessed or that injustice that we received, that, that feeling, that anger feeling, it should have moved us to glorify God in some way. It should have moved us to take a stand. It should have moved us to stand up for someone, to, to fight for someone. It should have moved us to a place where we could show the love of God. But instead, we expressed it in our human, our human way. And is that human expression of anger inhibiting what God wants to do? through that situation. So just consider that, you know, whenever you're angry at somebody, step back and say, how do I seek peace and pursue it in this situation? How do I seek peace in this? How do I look at this person through the eyes of love and not sin? How can I express this anger in a way that it glorifies God rather than glorifying my sinful human self? How, how can I glorify God in this? Because this emotion is supposed to be here. There is injustice. There is wrong. It is supposed to be here. How do I use it to glorify God? All right. So just I mean, I, being not being easily angered with others. Now, being angry with God, I feel like this is this is almost a scary thought. I I know that I know that I've had moments in my life where. I could have very easily been mad at God. And I, I probably, oh, I know I have. I, ha- I have said, God, why? And not in a, God, I'm, I'm, I, would like to, I would like to gain some wisdom on this. But in a, oh, why? Why, are, why is this the road that I'm walking, God? Why? Um, and I don't know that I necessarily am angry but we do go through moments where we feel like, God, where are you? And, and, and there, we, we're not the only ones. And that is what I want to talk about as far as our anger to God and, and not being easily angered. Um, love, when we love God, it's not that we, it's not that we don't, um, we're not easily angered by God, but that we just understand and we step back from that anger we're not easily angered but we're not angry we that we we don't let that anger that expression of that anger hinder what God is doing and and there are you know plenty of people in the Bible that had a moment where they were angry with God um in Habakkuk Habakkuk or Habakkuk however you would like to say it um uh, one chapter one verse two it says, "Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and thou will not hear?" That's that's a little bit of not being pleased. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not necessarily that it sounds angry, but it's it's a God seriously. How long? How I, I'm sitting here crying out to you. I am begging you. How long are you just going to turn your ear and not even hear me? How long? What do you want from me? I know I've said that. I know I've said that before. God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I'm, 
I'm, I'm trying to do everything that I think you want me to do. What do you want? What, what am I doing wrong that it's not working out? Um, in the Psalms, countless times, uh, David said to, in some form or fashion, where are you? Hello? Why? Why, why did you just abandon me? When, when are you going to answer? Hello? When are you going to answer? Aren't you God? Aren't you the God that answers? When are you going to do it? You know, he had those moments. And, but then in, in, Jer- in Ch- uh, the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet of the Lord. And I feel like in reading these verses, I feel like uh, this is definitely going to be a, a further study, maybe even an entire series on Jeremiah, because there's just so much there. But um, in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7, he said, um, Oh, hey, God, you deceived me. And in that little passage, he's like, they, these people, you deceived me, and I was deceived. You told me to come here. You told me to speak your word, and these people are mocking me. They're ridiculing me, and I'm just doing what you said to do. And then this is, this is, the, this is the part that I want you to, this, this progression here. In verse 9, couple of verses later, Jeremiah says, but if I try to hold it in, I can't. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. It is the truth. It's like, God, you told me to come here and I followed you here. And I really thought that you were going to use me, but these people are not listening to you. They're not listening. And I don't understand what, why, why did you put me here? Why did you do this? This is pointless. Oh, but I can't stop. I can't walk away because I have experienced the truth. I have felt the love of God and I know that you are real. You are God. You are the truth. And even though they are not listening to it, I can't deny the fact that what you are saying and what I am saying to them from you is the truth. So it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I have to keep going. And then in verse 13, he stops and just worships. He talks about the wicked and that they will be, you know, they'll be destroyed. But sing praises to the Lord for he rescues the life of the needy. And you think this, you know, he's come back at the beginning. You deceived me, God. Oh, but I can't help it. I still, I can't help but follow you. You know what? God, I worship you. You are worthy of glory and honor. You are so holy and mighty. You are a God who answers. But then... In verse 14, he says, you know what? Curse the day I was born. Forget it. You know, I, God have mercy on my parents. They shouldn't, the man who told my dad that I was there, he should be, seriously, why? I shouldn't have even been born. It would have been better if I hadn't been born. And he goes through and ends the chapter with that thought. And that's chapter 20. In verse tw- chapter 21, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord, saying, And for 31 chapters, Jeremiah speaks the word of the Lord. And I feel like this is, this is the, the essence. God knows God knows when we're angry. God knows when we feel like it is not right, that we have been served a plate of injustice. 
And he knows when we feel like he could have fixed it. And I will tell you in my own life, when the doctor said, you will never have a child, I felt like, God, seriously? I did everything right. I did everything that you asked me to do. No, I wasn't absolutely perfect for my whole life, but I, this did, like, this, this part of my life, like, this is, this was my, this was the, the, the purpose that I felt you had called me to, so why did you make me wait for my husband for so many years, knowing that at this point in my life, when I finally have a husband, and now I'm at a point where my body is no longer able, it's, it's gone past the point of being able to carry a child, and why? God, I don't understand. But in that, there was a moment where I just didn't understand. But then it was like the way Jeremiah said, but I can't hold in the truth. I can't fight the truth. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. I have met God. I have felt him. I know him. There is nothing that anyone can say or do that could convince me that the God I serve is not God. There is nothing you can do or say. There is nothing that a doctor can say. There is nothing that man can say that can convince me that it's not worth following him. And I worshipped. And I worshipped and worshipped and worshipped. And I had days where I went back and said, God, why? Why? You should have just never let me get married. I had made it 32 years. I could have made it for the rest of my life. If, I, if this is the path that you were going to give me, why did you even let me get married? Why? What, what's the point? But then I fell myself back on my face in worship. And then a year later, when there was a positive pregnancy test that was never supposed to be, and I said, God, wow, you, you're like, I, you're God. I knew you could do it, and here I am. And then four weeks later, there's no heartbeat. And then four weeks after that, yeah, it's not going to happen. The baby's dead. Here it is. And so many prayers in those last four weeks, so many people believing and certain that there was going to be a heartbeat, but there wasn't. God, why? Why? Why did you even give it to me? Why did you even let there be a positive pregnancy test? Why? If you were going to take it from me, why did you even let it happen? God, I don't understand. I wish I had never gotten pregnant to begin with if this is what you were going to do. This pain is too much. This grief is too much. I can't bear it. But in the, the next verse... God, I know you're God.
God, and I know that I know that you know, I know without a doubt that you are God. And there is a fire shut up in my bones that I can't help but worship you and proclaim your truth because in the middle of hell, you are still God. There's, you know, in the, in the Psalms, it says, whether I'm in the highest heavens or the deepest hells, you are right there with me. You never leave me. And whatever your plan for me is, God, I'm going to walk it out. And Jeremiah said that. He had that moment where he was angry with God, but he said, he woke up the next day. And I don't know how much time went between, you know, the last verse of of Jeremiah chapter 20 and the first verse of chapter 21. But it is so beautiful that he ended on that. Oh, God, why? I don't, this is pointless. And in the very next chapter, the first verse, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord saying, he got back up and he kept pushing. So that's what I want to say to you about our the not being easily angered. That when we love God, we may feel that moment of pain. We may feel that moment of anger. We may feel that moment of God. Why? But God knows our heart, and as I talked about it before, in that in that that verse in Psalm that says, "But He knows that we are but dust. He knows that we are but human. He has mercy to us because He knows we are just dust. We are just we were made from dirt, and we are human." And he has mercy. He loves us. And when we have those moments where we're angry, we can look at Jeremiah's life and say, you know what? Well, just because I got mad. I mean, Jeremiah cursed the day he was born. And God said, okay, are you done? You done? You got it all out? All right, listen, I, have, I need you to carry on the work that I've set before you. So brush it off. You know I love you. You know my plan is perfect. And you know I've got, you know I am the truth. So I need you to tell them this. And Jeremiah said, Okay. Speak, Lord. It's such a beautiful, such a beautiful picture there. And I know I'm, I have gone longer than I just... Don't don't get scared. We are only doing this one descriptor, descriptive thing of love today. We're not going to do two. I'm looking at the time, so I know you're you're probably thinking, oh, wow, we still got another one to go. No, we're not. I knew when I got to the end of this one, I realized, nope, we're only doing one today. Um, I'm sorry. Now, I'm, now I've got myself crying here. Uh, but then God is not easily angered, and that er, love is not easily angered, and then God to us, because God is love. And, and all through the Old Testament, you can see that God was, that it talks about God being angry, that his wrath was stirred up, that his, that his anger was kindled against them, that, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, you have Noah in the days of Noah, you know, you have all of these, all of these moments where God's wrath was poured out. Um, but the thing about God's anger is that he's he his his anger is anger at sin it is it's anger at 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 us missing the best that he has for us and and he even though 
he was angry. He was ever merciful. In Psalm 86, 15, it says, But you, are, O Lord, are merciful and gracious, slow to anger, which is what this says, that love is not easily angered, or love is slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. God is, God is a God of love. God is a God of love. And there's, um, there's a verse that talks about that, that his love, that he, he doesn't even want the wicked. He, his, his, his will is not that the wicked would be destroyed. His love, I mean, his, his desire is that the wicked would turn from their wicked ways and find him. That is, that is, God is, God hates sin. You know, God, God doesn't, he, he gets angry. That's what, that was, that's what angers him is, is that sin. And, and yet his love for us, that even those people that are the most wicked, the most sinful, the ones that knowingly sin, the ones that have just given their hearts completely over to that sin he still he doesn't look at them and just say I don't want you you're you're wicked he looks at them and and he he's angry about the sin but he says I still don't want you to be destroyed I still want you to find me I still want you to turn that is that is that is God's love for us um, in in the Old Testament God's anger for the Israelites, he would get mad at them, you know, and there's a, you know, he sent them into the desert for 40 years. They wandered in the desert for 40 years because God's anger, because they wouldn't stop sinning. <laughs> they wouldn't stop, but yet he still calls them his chosen people. They are still the children of God. In Romans 5, 8, and I'm going to end here. I know I spent a lot of time on us to God, but it's so, so much, um, God's love to us in, in that. And, but in Romans 5, 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We know that, that God gets angry over sin. He got angry over sin in the Old Testament. His wrath was poured out. But we live in the New Testament situation here. That even before we were born, even before we made the conscious decision to sin and to do the things that God just, that angers his heart, that hurts him, even before we, we made that decision to do that, our own free will, he said, you know what, I love them too much and I have to make a way. I have to make a way for them. And so he sent his son to die for us because he's so slow to anger that he just is so exceedingly patient with us. That is God's love for us. It is slow to anger. And all the times that we deserve to be punished, or we deserve to feel the wrath of God. He is so faithful. 
He is so faithful and he is slow to anger and he is so patient with us that in the middle of our most deserving moment that his wrath should absolutely be poured out on us. He just loves us and offers his mercy and grace over and over and over again. So why in the world should we live in that place? Why should we camp out in the place of why was I born? Why was I even born? But instead, we should live in the place of there is a fire shut up in my bones. I know the truth. And the truth has set me free. And it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what hell I walk through. I will, sp- I will speak and I will proclaim the truth of the one true God, the everlasting Father, the merciful Savior the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Prince of Peace, my banner, my healer, my hope, my joy, my everything. That's who we serve. That is our faithful Father. So, that is week four. First Corinthians 13. Hopefully I will be back on schedule next week. Um, with uh, week five, we'll go into keep no record of wrong. I feel like that will probably be a week in itself as well. Because there's so much there of forgiveness and um, the, just the love of God. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so in love with the love of God. He is, okay, I'm going to stop. I've gone way too long today, but I'm going to stop. But I just want you to know that you are loved. If you have not been told today, if you haven't, if you haven't been told in the last couple of days, you are loved and you are, you are worth it. You are a beautiful daughter of the King. I love you and thank you and be blessed. Bye.